Welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for joining me and Steven for a new video. Steven, you may remember him. Uh, I had him on for an interview. What, when was it, man? Early 2021? Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a thousand years ago in this weird space of sickness time, but it was really only like seven months ago. I was, I, you know, I did my initial interview on the show. So glad to be back, Ryan. Yeah, man. Thanks for, I'd emailed you and you ignored my email, but I was like, no, I'm emailing him again. <laughs> I wanted, dude, I personally wanted an update on like your, your story with Etsy because like, I just had the utmost confidence that it was, you know, you were already killing it and you were six or seven months into your journey then. Uh, but I knew that you were going to keep crushing it. So um, we're all dying to know, even though I may have put a little bit of uh, clickbait in the title of this video, like how are your sales looking? You're roughly a year into the journey. Yeah. So I just completed my first full year on uh, on Etsy doing print on demand and, you know, I was doing the analytics and, you know, I hit 95K in sales, which, you know, is way more than I thought I was going to get when I started this journey a year ago, because you're watching these videos thinking, you know, can I do this? How much can I actually make in this passive income? But, you know, one full year on Etsy, I almost, and I think the title may have said 100K, a little bit of a clickbait, but I almost got there um, with 95K in, you know, re- revenue sales. Obviously, profit is less than that, um, but super excited and pumped that I was able to, you know, almost get to that six figure number with the goal of this year, 2022, absolutely crushing it and getting to at least six figures. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the update. And, uh, you know, just excited to be back on to, to share that with, with your audience. Yeah, man. I love it. And uh, I was thinking, I was like, how do you get that last 5k, you know, when you know you're going to be short? I was thinking like, you know, just follow the uh, the crypto scam train and be like, buy this Bitcoin shirt, get a free Bitcoin. It's only $5,000 Just sell a shirt for 5k and never send the Bitcoin. If I tell people it's an NFT, they'll just start throwing money at it type of thing. So yeah, you're right. I, I, I should have been more clever in, you know, December, figure out how to get that last 5k, but uh, so close. Dude, speaking of NFTs, because if you guys remember Steven's first interview, at the end, uh, we kind of tailed off and talked about some crypto, well, a specific crypto project you're working on. And we'll kind of update on that, too, at the end of this one. But, um, dude, offline, uh, off the the recording, I'm going to tell you about, like, print-on-demand NFTs, something exciting that's coming uh, in 2022 that, like, is not, it's still in beta, but it's going to be crazy, dude. But um, back to Etsy. All right. What was the main driver of your success? If you had to like come up with one thing, and I mean, then you can say a second and a third, but what what was the number one thing? Yeah, for me, it was once I really honed in on a niche and an audience, I was able to, you know, scale out my designs specifically with an audience in mind. And so maybe I'll, you know, I can start the story with what didn't work, which is when I first joined Etsy, I was doing many designs for many different niches. And you know, on on Etsy, it's it's a very different platform and beast than Amazon, Redbubble, TeePublic, the other print-on-demand um, platforms. You know, you have to think of the audience of of, of people that are on Etsy as a little bit different uh, user than your Amazon user. And so, once I really honed in on a niche and my shop became branded as that niche, I then found I was getting more traction versus just throwing, you know, trying trying to chase that money for you know whatever that week was. I think that approach does work for other platforms like Amazon where you're not responsible to like have a store appearance. On Etsy, 
you are kind of a brand owner. People go to your shop and your store and they see the banner, they see your little photo, and then they they would like to see all of your items that are within their niche that they're interested in because they searched for, you know, and this is not my niche, but let's say dentist, right? So they want to see all of the funny dentist-related shirts, you know, mugs, mugs cups, stickers, um, because they're a dentist or they're shopping for a dentist. And then, and then it's a one-place shop. Um, so once I really niche down into um, a, a specific audience, I can then scale out my designs knowing who, who exactly I was targeting. Dude, I love that too. Cause like, I was always a fan of, uh, I, I mean, for me out of simplicity's sake, like I wanted one store and I would just do like, like, if I had a bunch of products in one niche, I would just create a section and that would be my, my attempt at, uh, you know, doing it. But you know, when people would ask, like, should they go that route or should they do a niche store? Like, I never was definitively like, oh, no, there's only one right way to do it. I just said, hey, like, this is what worked for me. I don't know that it's wor worth the extra effort. And I like that, you know, you only have one one Etsy shop, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. So you, so you just kind of, like, found something that was working, doubled, tripled down on it, and just said, okay, you know. And um, I, I like that. You know, you're not getting, like, crazy and overcomplicated. Like, when you get a review, it's still on your main shop. And uh, that was the one deterrent from me that stuck out is, like, if you start multiple shops, like, you really are kind of – making it twice as hard on yourself potentially, but, um, dude, like what I liked about, well, there's a couple things cause you showed me your shop and I like that you, uh, on one of your images, this is like a best practice, like in your listings, you say, Hey, available on other products, you know, and you had like the little mock-ups, uh, from Printful, I think. And like, how was that working for you? Do you get a lot of people reaching out and asking for a design on a different product? Yeah, and it, it, it's fairly effective, not only from like a customer capture, but also just keeping it as cheap as possible and lean as possible. Because as you're aware on Etsy, they charge you every time you want to list a new product. And a product is a shirt, a mug, you know, a long sleeve, a sweatshirt. And so even though it's the same design, it's going to cost you, you know, a, a, a listing fee every single time. And so by only listing the main item, which for me is a shirt, if the user... You know, they're browsing the images of the shirt they're going to buy. They get to the end. They see, oh, if you like this design, I can also put it on a sweatshirt or a mug. And, you know, I'll, I'll frequently get customers that reach out and say, I love this design. I want it on a sweatshirt. And I have saved myself that 20 cents listing fee on Etsy because um, I don't need to add, add those variations. Where on Amazon, when you list a, a design, it just scales out to all of those different product types. So, um I, I highly encourage you, regardless of your niche, to make you know one of your images for an Etsy listing the opportunity for the customer to ask for it on the different um, other products. And can I ask, like, because I'm sure at least one person, probably more, is thinking, like, what's the best way to execute this? So I've already uploaded the image; it's generic because uh, you guys, you don't need to put the actual design on every image because that'll take too long. Just make a generic one. Uh, but like, if they say, okay, I want it on a hoodie. And so your, your shirts, the maximum skew costs like $22 or $23. Um, how are you doing, like handling the additional payment for the hoodie? Because I've seen a bunch of different ways of doing it on Etsy, but what's working for you? Yeah. So for me, so I actually have a generic listing of all those different types. And so regardless of the design, I then link them to that generic hoodie that says your design here. And so I, I did spend 20 cents to list it once, but I, I don't list it every single time I get a new request. And so I can use that same listing for any design they want. So that, that's been effective for me. Got you. And then it's just a little bit of manual effort after that. Yeah. But, you gotcha. know, I, I do charge more for, uh, you know, in, in, in that custom case. And so for me, the, the ROI is, is more than my normal shirts. I hear you, man. Uh, 
my uh, girlfriend, Marielle, who's like pretty active on Etsy the other day, she, I don't know, man, it's just like when she does something custom for, for a customer, she like upsells them. So she'll, she was charging like 45 bucks for <laughs> the other day and somebody was ordering like five. So like, I would be thinking the opposite, like, oh, you're ordering five. Let me give you a discount. She was like, Oh, five. That's going to cost you. Like and she literally oh, got $45 a hoodie. It, it takes me I mean, time as the artist. Like, you know, I got to talk to the manufacturing, like yeah. this is a big deal. So yeah. I'm going to get you a deal. Um, and, and, and speaking about, you know, custom uh, products, I think Etsy is really good in, you know, customers frequently come to Etsy because they want a custom mug or a shirt or a sweatshirt. Um, but if you have an Etsy shop, I recommend you niche it down specifically because it's rare that somebody is looking for a custom shirt or, or if they are, it's a very competitive um, listing. But if you say, I'm looking, you know, we build custom graduation shirts, custom birthday shirts, you're going right. to get more traction in that specific niche um, for that custom thing you're selling, even though on the back end, it's all the same to you. You know, you don't care if they put a birthday image or a graduation image. Um, but if you add those keywords into that listing and then the image shown is related to that niche, you're going to get more custom orders than just saying we sell custom shirts because right. that, that is a very competitive niche. Um, but niching down is where you're, you're really going to capture the, those sales conversions. No, that's, that's a great tip, man. And I was actually, I've, forgot to ask you. So when you uh, put that last image on your, on your listings that says like available on these, like how often are you getting somebody that loves the design so much that they want it on the shirt and something else as opposed to like, or something else, like you get a shirt and a hoodie or a shirt and you know, a tank top. It's not frequent, but maybe like once every two weeks, which is more than zero. And so in this game, it's really just, you know, numbers. And so for me to do a little bit of more work and still get consistently one or two orders per week that are doing this additive sale, you know, it's absolutely worth it. So I uh, would absolutely re recommend doing that for your products. Cool. And then I wanted to ask too, like, how was December? Um, like when you're using, you know, Printful, for instance, uh, that's your main production partner, right? Yeah, I use Printful. So how was your... Uh, did you have any issues with like handling time? Like how did you handle as we approached the deadline for like Christmas orders? Um, how did you make that work? Did you have any problems? Yeah. I mean, November and December, are always crazy, exciting, stressful months, even though I'm not producing anything, you know, you have to be very uh, communicative, communicative with the customer itself. So on Etsy, um, I recommend putting anywhere and everywhere you can the shipping, um, you know, the shipping times as you get them from Printful. Um, but this year, actually, Printful was really good and fast with production. Like, I didn't see yeah. any delays like I did the year before. You know, there were other other factors related to maybe the slow shipping. Um, but this year, Printful killed it, knocked it out, out of the park, getting on-time uh, deliveries. But a key component is always relaying that to the customer because, you know, they can come back and say, hey, I ordered this. I haven't gotten it in three days. You can point to them the several places that you listed and said, hey, this may take seven to 11 days to, to, to get delivered. You obviously will tell them a, a, lo a longer time frame so that you can assure that you're going to be within your, your promised window. Um, but just being communicative, that way the customer understands and it kind of covers you on the back end of saying, nope, I, I tried to tell you, like I gave you opportunities to know about our shipping times um, in you know, the most professional and kind, you know, kind way that I could. Uh, but it, 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 it's it's a stressful time for sure because you see the sales coming in and you're wondering, is this going to be the one that the customer blows up at me because they didn't get there in time? So, uh, but, but this year was actually significantly better than the year before. 
Yeah, dude, Printful um, did a great job. Like I actually on Amazon went through that whole process of exporting like, you know, 100,000 listings and then updating the handling time, bulk up, you know, CSV upload to extend it. And then I realized like I did this too early, you know, I did it out of like habit, you know, and then I go back in and Printful's getting my orders out in like 48 hours max. Like, yeah, it's like it yeah, product type, but yeah, but they were just killing it. So then I went in and like shortened my handling time from what I had put it at, gave it like another day or two, you know, and the sales picked back up. And then I was like, all right, all right, back to extending it. Cause I don't want to deal with getting my, you know, cause I have FBA on the same account. I didn't want to risk like getting the account in trouble. And there were some instances where I did some arbitrage, meaning a customer ordered on Etsy and they said, Hey, can I get this in five days, six days? And my shipping time says seven to 11. And I would pretend it was a big deal for me to be like, well, I got to go talk to the guy and like manufacturing, but I think I can make this happen. But in reality, what I did is I canceled their order in Printful and fulfilled it in Amazon if they're a US-based customer. So one, it's cheaper for me to print something in Amazon. And two, I look like a hero. So I said, I can do it in this one case, but maybe you want to leave me a good review. You know, so, you know, there's opportunities to actually turn a shorter shipping window into a big win for you and for the customer. Dude, that's great advice, man. I, I love that. And yeah, Amazon was also getting them out quick too. And uh, KDP specifically, I feel like it was a couple of days before Christmas and the KDP was still saying arrives by Christmas. I was like, what? Yeah. So um, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Uh, any, any other, you know, Etsy tips um, that you want to share? Yeah. I mean, niching down customization, uh, what's worked well for me is being a little bit uh, active. I have a Twitter handle specifically related to my shop and store, and it gives you an opportunity to, you know, one, engage with your customer. If, you know, you can find that audience on Twitter, but it also, you know, lets you understand what the trend is in that niche. You know, for example, somebody came out and let's pretend my niche was political. Um, I would then be able to quickly capture the political soundbite or theme of that week or month and put it into my shop and retweet it to my to my followers. You know, so just being engaged with your audience. Um, I recommend Twitter because that's the easiest place to kind of find your 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 audiences. But um, there's lots of various platforms where you can create a brand profile and then you know engage with that audience there. So yeah, for me, Twitter has been very successful in getting additional customers to my site. Yeah, dude, I, I love that idea, man. And uh, especially if you're gonna engage, like I was kind of doing Twitter the the lazy way and just like using automation. But um, when you tweet too, like if you do have something that you want to kind of get out there in a in a new niche or a new sub niche of your main. Mm -hmm. Do you use like, uh, like mock-up generators and kind of like, yeah, I feel like you could, you know what I mean? You could use a mock-up generator and be like, oh man, I found this guy on the street wearing the shirt, you know, and kind of like mess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I recommend placeit.net, which is a mock-up generation tool. It also does some design stuff, but you know, the investment of, I'm not really sure what it is per month, but whatever I pay for the ROI is significant because when I post a, an image, you know, you can take your design, put it on a shirt of a real human in a real environment. It looks like me, the shop owner, hired a model, hired a photographer, you know, did some editing to get this realistic mock-up. And it's the best, I don't know, let's say it's $19 a month. Maybe it's cheaper than that. You know, whatever I'm spending a month, you know, it's the best investment to give my store the perception of professionalism. And so in my niche, that works well on Etsy. Because on Etsy, when you're seeing two shirts next to each other and they're the exact same design, 
maybe it's a simple text design mm -hmm. and you see one that's just the out of the box printful mock-up versus it's on a real model, real uh, in a real environment, you're going to pick this one all day, every day, because you think this shop is more professional because they spent money to take this photo. So uh, placeit.net is the mock-up tool that I use. And it actually has some really good design elements too, that I use, you know, as quick, uh, quick tools to make some, some, some shirt designs as well. Yeah, man. And your designs also were really good. Did you grab an all sunsets uh, subscription? I did. They grabbed the all sunsets. And, you know, when I first got it, I was like, these are, these are silly. Like, you know, everybody watching Ryan's videos is going to go download the same sunset as me. How am I going to be different? But there's something about that sunset design that if you take, you know, your elements and put it onto that sunset, people are attracted to buying it. My best sellers right. are sunsets. So Dude, it's all crazy. Sunset, yeah. I, I, I mean, the psychology of it, I, I don't get it, but people are buying more sunset shirts than, than any other type of shirt that I sell. So 10 out of 10 recommend getting uh, that subscription to all sunsets as well. Yeah, I'll throw a, uh, I'll throw my affiliate link in the description. Yeah, sorry. Did, 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 yeah, don't mean to, to plug, but you know, in, investing in some of these tools absolutely has a long-term ROI. Like, you know, when you're spending money for these graphics or for these tools, you know, you you have to be thinking longer term. I'm going to make this up because I'm better, cheaper, faster at making these designs um, and I'm going to get more sales. So for me, the investments that you have or the tools that you've recommended have been, you know, highly. I'm glad, I'm glad they're working, man. I'm glad sure. that, yeah, they're working for you. Because like, I'm not kidding, man. The designs look great. And like a design that is already selling. And like you said, you can sometimes just grab the graphic, put it on a sunset. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you've changed almost nothing. You've just literally drag and dropped it. And then like, upload that again or something. And yeah, like it's crazy yeah, how, how many times that's worked. There's the blue sunset, the red sunset, the square sunset, the circle sunset. So it's like just with this, a single design, you get 10 variations, right? And so uh, when you're trying to capture that realty on Amazon or Redbubble or TeePublic, you know, the number of designs is key. So that variation, because you never know who's looking for red, you know, red keyword, blue keyword, green mm -hmm. keyword. And so, you know, by making multiple designs of this in you know, multiple colors of the same design it, it just puts you in a better position cool man hey great tips and uh before we wrap up i just want an update man like how how was life on the west coast how is it at your job any updates you would like to share with us at permission.io sure yeah and, and you know last time we had spoke i was in this position where i had just quit my long-term software engineering job and was like i'm going Full, you know, full crypto, and I'm going to use this passive income stream. Thanks, Ryan, uh, to kind of supplement the hedging the risk of going into this crypto startup company. And so now it's been, you know, eight nine months. I've been at Permission.io, uh, which is a cryptocurrency project that I think your audience is is probably more interested in because the whole ethos of the project is earn from your data, so passive income from the things that you're already doing today. So when you're browsing the web. Um, you're seeing all these ads from Amazon, Google, Facebook, but you, the user, never get compensated for the use of your data, right? So when you, and you know, I, I myself pay for ads to get put in front of people, but when you, the user of the internet, see this ad, it's Facebook who's collecting all the revenue from the advertiser. And when you click on it, you, the user, never get any type of compensation for the use of your data. So what permission.io is, it's enabling you, the user, to actually earn cryptocurrency from engaging with ads like you normally do today. 
And so, you know, it's, it's a very exciting Web3 advertising platform and we're, we're growing, we're scaling. Uh, Ryan will leave the link down below, hopefully permission.io uh, will we'll give you his, his referral link. But it's a great way if you are interested in passive, in you know, passively earning these, these income streams, especially if you're not really familiar with crypto, because I think crypto for some people is this big, bad, scary word. But if you can earn a little bit for free, you know, and start to understand the ecosystems, the wallets, you know, this might be a really good starting point for some of your audience to, to passively earn some crypto and then to dip a bigger toe into, you know, the Bitcoins, the Ethereums and learn more about it. But it's been very exciting here for at permission.io permission.io you know we're mm -hmm. growing um and uh i'm happy to um still report that uh you know the passive income streams is helping me pursue my uh passions dude that's great man and uh like i i've obviously looked into the the project i invested some you know back the last time we chatted and like i'm still hoping that long term like i'm confident you know what i mean that it's it's a foundationally got a lot more of a solid base than um, a lot of these other other projects that are probably going to disappear at some point in the future. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, it goes to the moon, as they like to say. Let's and, do it. Uh, I, I can't talk price or any of that stuff, but uh, let's let's grow. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, conceptually, too, it, it at least like, you know, has some um, it's providing some functionality. Conceptually, it makes sense. And yeah, I love the aspect of like us getting, you know, having some equity in uh, that exchange of whatever it is, monetizing our attention mm -hmm. and our data. Yep. like uh, the Google and Facebook ad networks do and Amazon ad networks do. So that's uh, it's exactly. exciting, man. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> cool. Hey, all right. We're going to keep in touch. Obviously, I'm going to invite you back for whenever you want to share another success story on the channel. Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good one.